0: Hello everybody and welcome to Minecast, episode number 13, which is amazing, also kind of unlucky. Don't worry, we won't be covering anything unlucky today. So, but what we will be covering is a data pack instead of a mod, because I found this one and it seems pretty cool. It's called Strider's Redux uh, Vinyl Improvement Data Pack. How to survive in a single area indefinitely. And a news article called, A LEGO and Minecraft Collab That Never Happened and Why It Failed. So yeah, this sounds pretty interesting, and without further ado, let's get right into it. Alright, so instead of a mod today, we have a data pack. Now you might be wondering, what's the difference between a mod and a data pack? Well, mods just completely are completely coded on their own, and uh... And they add new stuff to the game while data packs kind of just like modify the game's code while still making it like vanilla and a vanilla experience, if that makes sense. If that doesn't make sense, then you should go look it up, because I can't explain it any any better. So so what is in this Striders Redux vanilla improvement data pack? So Taking a look at the description, it currently adds improvements to biomes such as the forest, birch forest, taiga, giant tree taiga, swamp mountains, which is getting uh, fixed in the next update, Uh, rivers and trees by rivers, more that I'm forgetting. So it does sound like there's going to be more, and miscellaneous crafting tweaks. Some planned features for this data pack are new ores and alloys such as Amazonite, I have no clue what that is. De- Decanite, no clue. Zircon, no clue. Rose Quartz, okay, sure, that seems realistic. Luminite, cannonite and a few more. Uh, Withered Dencanite Alloy, and what's an Alloy? Uh, hang on. Alloy. Uh, this might be a moment. Anyway, uh, lunar and decanite alloy, or alloy, and a few good more. An alloy is a metal made by combining two or more metallic elements, especially to give greater strength or resistance to corrosion. An alloy of nickel, bronze, and zinc. Okay then, that, that makes sense. All right, so new gear is Amazonite Armor and tool set, Rose Quartz Helmet, Rose Quartz Charm, Amazonite Charm, Luminite Charm, Battle Axe, yes, finally, Daggers, Spears, Blade of Invisibility, ooh, Netherite, Strider Mask, Rose Quartz Dagger. Remember, th- these are all planned. Only the biomes are in the game uh, so far. New mobs, such as Xoof Squid, that's X-O-O-F, Glowfly, Xoof Balloon, Hookey, hookey. I'm not making up this word. H o o g k e hawk, hookey biter, seeker, skeleton miner, and zombie miner, and a few new biomes. Important: This pack is for 1.16 and above. All 1.16 versions above and 1.17 snapshots for now. And there is one update log that was posted 21 hours ago. 1.1, the first update. Sorry, updates haven't been coming sooner, but trust me, the more will be coming very soon. Major additions, Alpine Forest, remastered jungle, jungle hills, and modified jungle. Uh, hey, we covered that a few episodes ago. Alpine Forest Hills, improved wooded mountains. Minor additions, referred to Dark Oak Forest because those glitched out. Ooh, wow, yeah this is gonna add a lot so if we take a look at the screenshots up here you can there is an alpine forest a rare new biome replaces tall birch a new part of the jungle wow that that is nice mountain terrain holy cow I want to see that uh, picture no description but it does look like kind of like a big giant mountainous forest kind of a thing a forest? hang on I think I skipped Wooded mountains, that's what they are. A forest, wow, more realistic trees. And uh, you know those trees with like 17 blocks of wood and it's spread all over the place? Yeah, that's kind of what uh, this f- forest looks like a little bit. Taiga with mountains, whoa, those mountains are tall. Sadly, they're replacing those in 1.17, but maybe they could go high in hand together somehow. Mega taiga, or giant tree taiga. And alpine, wow there's a lot, alpine forest wow more realistic birch trees, birch trees with like 17, uh, 17 different things, which is kind of strange, but uh... Alpine forest hills replace tall birch hills, it appears separately from alpine forest. It does look like there's a few trees that have lost their trunks and leaves. The swamp, again more realistic trees, and desert. Oh wow, there's coarse dirt in some places. I guess to make the sand more realistic. And those were all the screenshots that were there. When, wow, my computer's glitching out. Uh, but yeah, if you want to download this data pack for yourself, it is available for download. Link will be in the show notes. And I think this is a very cool one. I think Mojang should definitely add some of these and and Good luck to this guy uh, who's making this. So uh, yeah, a link for the data pack will be in the show notes. So today's survival tip is how to survive in a single area indefinitely. If you're planning on staying in one area of the Minecraft world for a long time and don't want to deplete all your resources, read and complete this tutorial. The First item you need to survive is wood. Once you have wood, you'll need to make farm as quickly as possible. You first need to make sure you have the following items one or two buckets which will require you to find iron by mining or raiding a weaponsmith's chest to craft at least one sapling of some type except dark oak saplings in which case you need four that's why I've never been able to grow them access to at least one source of lava and water a village with a weaponsmith shop has a lava pool and water from the village farm or Fisher cottage. Melon or wheat seeds. After you have the basic survival supplies, first thing you need to do is create a safe zone, that is somewhere lava cannot set things on fire. As cobblestone is an important resource in the game, create a cobblestone farm. See the following steps: make a four by four hole in the ground. Dig an additional block down for each block in the second hole of the row. On each block in the first row, place water. On each of the block in the fourth row, place lava. You should see cobblestone forming in the third row. You may notice that sometimes when you mine the cobblestone, the cobblestone items goes into the lava and burns up. You have sufficient iron, place hoppers underneath where the cobblestone generates, all leading into a chest so that the mined cobblestone ends up in the chest. You could also use pistons to automatically push cobblestone away from lava, letting it mine without having to worry about any of it burning. A tree farm should also be set up so as to gain maximum yield harvest So place your saplings around the three to five blocks apart. With the exact distance between each sapling, depending on what tree you're planting, you now have a steady source of wood for repairs and pickaxes, or other needful things. Now, if you're on the other, now if you're on any other difficulty except for peaceful mode, you'll need to have a crop farm. This is a wheat. Far- if this is a wheat farm, the best way to go about this is make an infinite water supply. A wheat farm should be set up as large as you create it to have a max yield. If it's a melon farm, the following should be used. It has like diagonal placement on what you should do. No diagonal placement in the same crop decreases the growth speed by half, so to avoid it, alternating rows of melons with rows of pumpkins is a solution. Another way to gain infinite supplies of such as food, wool, leather, and other passive mobs is to create a mob farm. Create it. First create a pendant area with gates and fence gates, then layer two of each species you want into the pen using the preferred food item, such as carrots for pigs, wheat for sheep, and cows, seeds for chickens, etc. Once you have two of each mob you want, you can breed them at any time you want, provided the parents have a five minute cooldown period. You can slaughter the mobs at any time, just bear a couple things in mind. First the mob will run around and try, and try to get away with heads, so if you hit so you may hit different cows, for example, without knowing which one you hit originally. Second, if you use a sword, you may hit more than one mob at once. And at last, remember to keep at least two of each animal so you can use them for breeding and supplies infinitely. Once you have these basic items, you should be able to live in a single place indefinitely. An Iron Golem Farm. Wow. For additional common resources such as iron, special advanced farms can be built. An Iron Golem Farm is the Best way to go pre 1.8. For that, you need to gather at least two villagers, use some minecarts or similar tricks, and breed them using houses. A door with a block above counts as a house, which is weird. With 1.8, villager breeding has been changed, so now you need to trade at least two of them to make them willing. This can be considerably harder at times. With 1.14, one po- Iron Golem spawning has changed. Now villagers will attempt to spawn a new Iron Golem if the hostile mob towards villagers such as the zombie approaches. Bedrock Edition, so if you're doing this in bedrock for some reason, Iron Gums will spawn in villagers with at least 20 beds and 10 villagers, where at least 75 of the population has worked recently. The best strategy to get easy villagers on maps of villages, such as Skyblock, is to get a blaze rod from the nether. You can then find a brewing sand brew a splash potion of weakness, and then capture a zombie villager and make sure it can't escape or get harmed by another zombie, but you can still reach it and skyblock glass bottles can be gathered by killing witches and that is spawn occasionally first throw the splash potion of weakness of the zombie villager then you only need to defeat a golden apple and wait and golden apples can be crafted but not enchanted golden apples those cannot be crafted at least not anymore do this again to another villager because at least two villagers are required for gossiping then craft crafting him- Place a grindstone smithing table or blast furnace to let villagers adopt to the professions of weaponsmith, toolsmith, or armor, because those are the essential ones that you will need. Trade with them until they reach apprentice and journeyman level, after which you can buy a bell. You can now need to trade several times and allow villagers to resupply at their job site block, like they're going to get the resources, when their trades get locked. They can unlock their trades twice per day. If you don't have emeralds, you can trade coal. Once you buy a bell, place it in your bed so villagers will recognize it as a gathering site. Now you'll have all the. Now you have all the supplies needed for an iron golem farm. Alternatively, you can build an iron golem farm directly in a village, eliminating the need to transport villagers. For a tutorial on how to make an iron golem farm, see this tutorial. In Skyblock, if you're, if you're in a Skyblock world, gathering resources is a bit different due to limited space and resources. The best, biggest thing is never craft items or blocks unnecessarily. Make farms out of any rene- renewable sources using up that resource, and being careful since a careless player could easily fall into the void and sky block. There are some items and blocks that need to be acquired differently than normal survival, however. For making potions, you will need glass bottles. This may be seen as a problem, however, as glass bottles require glass or sand. Neither feasibly renewable pre-village update and may not spawn at all in skyblock world. What you'll have to do is get witches to spawn and drop a glass bottle or fish up a water bottle. Keep in mind that witches are rarer than other mobs. The only way to acquire gold in skyblock is to kill zombified piglins. Find a river biome and farm drowned or small gold equipment. Wandering traders, however, can spawn anywhere and sell most items or blocks needed for skyblock. Their trades can be useless as a player needs emeralds to obtain them, and most of the prices are just somewhat expensive for a single item. That's very true. Admit it, when you see a wandering trader, the first thing that pops into your mind is free leads. Okay. One of the hardest parts of Skyblock is finding another fortress. Because Skyblock only consists of a few blocks, which is not enough room for another fortress. However, mobs that only spawn in fortresses will spawn where another nether fortress would be if it was a normal map. One way to do this is to keep building platforms outward until nether fortress mobs start spawning. Note that this may take a very long time as nether fortresses are very far away from each other. Especially since one point sixteen. Another way is How to find a place where nether fortress mobs should spawn is to find the seed of your skyblock world using slash seed, then create a normal world using the seed. Oh, that's clever. Then enter the nether fortress, find the nether fortress, then enter the nether portal, find the nether fortress, memorize the coordinates, then build a platform at the skyblock using exactly these coordinates. And that is how you survive in a single area indefinitely. By the way, if you can't find obsidian, you can just use like the speedrun technique of the water and lava bucket thing. Because uh, I find that to be much quicker than mining up uh, 10 obsidian. And so, yeah, that ends this survival tip. If you ever want to just live in a single area for as long as possible, this is how you do it. Alright, and now let's move on. Today's news article is called Here's why BrickCraft, a Minecraft and Lego collab that never happened, failed. If you ever look at Mojang Studios' Minecraft and thought that would be a perfect game for Lego, you're definitely not the first. In a new podcast series celebrating Lego's 25th anniversary in games, we finally learned of a Minecraft-Lego collaboration that sadly never made it to reality. Games journalist Brian Crencente, I'm so sorry if I got that wrong, helps host Bits and Bricks, and the first episode focuses on that particular coming together that could have given us Minecraft, BrickCraft, sorry. No, I'm, I'm glad Minecraft exists. While Mojang Studios was still in its infancy, it had something special as Minecraft marched towards its full release back in 2011. LEGO was focused on pushing out its own LEGO universe at the same time. However the similarities and potential for a partnership were all for were there for all to see. It is under the surprise that that developers Mar- Marcus Notch Person and Daniel Kaplan tried reaching out to the Lego group. As Bits and Bricks goes into details, the final prog- product is to be Brickcraft. It would have taken the design of Minecraft and and the gameplay loop with the layer of Lego aesthetic added. However, there's a key difference. Instead of building one block at a time, there's to be a mix of stuff to play with. Different shapes would have had to make the game more complicated, but also equally more room for creativity. Yeah I can I can kinda see that. Notch began working on the prototype of brickcraft based off this idea. With Lego Bricks as a template he successfully made a prototype that could gener- generate terrain alongside different shapes. This took place through a first-person perspective where you can move around and place bricks however you like. Yellow Brick Road. In fact, Notch shared more about this project in 2011 under the codename Project Rex Quandu. The project was greenlit and the two coders were brought over to work on the game. Unfortunately, within six months it would be over. Mojang pulled the plug. Great process on Project Rex Quandu today. This is the clear screenshot I can show. And that, that was a tweet uh, Notch sent out on September 7, 2011. The decision was made as a partnership would have stretched the Mojang team too much. LEGO having high expectations and equally high demands, the back and forth was not something the team felt was worthwhile pursuing brick craft, instead of feeling like consultants rather than the ones running the project. Kaplan shared more about the Dunes partnership. Disagreements from adding scratches to the LEGO bricks too much interference from lawyers. It was too much to take. Burcraft would have been too big a departure for Mojang and not just vision for the game. After the collapse of the collaboration, it was not the end. The Lego Group considered briefly the idea of acquiring Mojang. The combination of Microsoft's interest and the final $2.5 billion price put an end to those thoughts. Looking back on things now, it was a clear miss for the company. No one could have predicted the enormous success of Minecraft, but taking a gamble on the potential could have paid off handsomely. Burcraft never came to be, and there's certainly shades of an idea in the world of Minecraft. If you're interested to learn more, be sure to tune into the entire episode. It is definitely worth a listen if you're invested in Minecraft and LEGO. And, yeah, that's the crossover that never came to be. It's kind of a shame. I would have liked to see, like, a LEGO-Minecraft kind of a thing. That would... That would've been pretty cool. Would have been like the same. Uh, would have been like the same kind of like theme, or I don't really know how that would have worked out. Maybe there's something out there about it. Maybe I'll cover that in a few a future episode. But yeah, with that, that concludes today's episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, it's pretty fun. I like the data pack. That was pretty cool, and the how to survive in a single area indefinitely and Warcraft is pretty interesting too so with that thank you for listening and i will see you in the next episode